Hey peeps, it's me, Christine, and I want to share with you a game-changing product that has improved my sleep and daily health. So let's dive in. You all know through my journey, I have struggled with sleep, being afraid of it, not getting quality sleep, and not being able to regulate my temperature throughout the night. I definitely learned the hard way, but sleep matters big time. It's when your muscles repair, your brain detoxes, and your body can work on cellular renewal. We just can't afford to miss out on an adequate amount of high-quality sleep, which is kind of hard when you have a rare disease. There's not much that I control in this real life, but one of the easiest and most effective ways to get better sleep every single night is through temperature regulation. Studies actually prove cooler temperatures lead to a deeper, more restful sleep, and that insomniacs actually lack this natural drop in core body temperature, which is what keeps them up at night. Personally, I run hot. This means that even if my room is super cold, I wake up in a pool of sweat, uncomfortable, changing my clothes several times throughout the night. It's frustrating for obvious reasons, and this is why I was so relieved to discover this transformative products from Chili. The Cube from Chili Sleep is a system that fits right over the top of your mattress and uses water to control the temperature of your bed, which helps lower your internal temperature and triggers deeper, relaxing sleep. Since water has 30 times more thermal conductivity than air, these systems are a lot more effective than just cranking up the AC. I mean, I keep my house at 65, so it has to be true. Ever since I started using the Cube system, I've noticed I fall asleep a lot faster, sleep deeper, and wake up feeling fully rested. (laughs) Now, my wife is not a polar bear like me and likes to sleep a little bit warmer, so I love that we can each have our own temperatures on either side of the bed. Chili products can range between 55 and 115 degrees. Right now, Chili is offering my audience a really great deal. When you go to chilisleep.com backslash findyourrare20, you get 20% off the Cube All Sleep Systems with Find Your Rare 20. Sleep is something we could all use more of, and we can all take small steps towards getting better sleep to improve our life in big ways. I hope you'll check out the Chili Sleep System and see why I love their product so much. Hey, peeps. This week, we're sitting down with Carly, a thyroid cancer survivor who is also a health communicator who is on a mission to be there for other patients and help them learn about the value of their relationships with their healthcare team. I'm your host, Teresa. And I'm Christine. So let's dive in. This is the Because We're Strong podcast, where we sit down every week to get your stories and insight on how to navigate this rare life. You can expect everything real and raw in the hopes that your story, along with ours, helps another person who is dealing with a similar rare struggle. So grab your favorite drink, a comfy blanket, and buckle in because rare disease isn't for the faint of heart. Hi, Carly. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited. So we want to first start at the beginning. Could you tell our listeners about your journey with thyroid cancer, how old you were when you were diagnosed, things like that? Sure. So I was first diagnosed with thyroid cancer when I was 27. And I was a graduate student, and I was also working full-time. And so um, I didn't uh, didn't really have any symptoms, so I was able to continue going to school and working full-time 
and going through treatment. Um, I ended up having to get two surgeries and radiation. Um, I had metastatic thyroid cancer. Um, and so that's where it started. Um, and then, um, early, uh, earlier this month, um, I found out I recently, I recently relapsed, um, and I'm 31. So it's been about four years. So this will be my third surgery. Wow. Wow. I had no idea that you relapsed. When did you, I'm sorry, when did you find out and kind of like, what was that like in this COVID world? Yeah. Um, so I had an annual scan, um, on my neck, which is where your thyroid is located. I just happened to have it a couple of weeks ago. Um, and they found, uh, they found a nodule and, um, and they said it looked kind of funny and, uh, they immediately biopsied it and they came back and they said my cancer was back. And so, um, it was heartbreaking. Um, I still cry. Um, and I think about it daily. Um, I work in, in clinical trial, uh, recruitment. So I'm working on cancer research. Um, but I was able to get my, get the surgeon that I had a previously and he's amazing. And, um, I had surgery in a couple of months, uh, and I just started a new job too. So it's all coming to, at once. Um, but I have, I have a massive support system, which I'm incredibly thankful for. But at the same time, I know that, you know, we're in the era of COVID. I'm not sure how surgery works with COVID or if my parents are allowed in the hospital with me. I don't know any of that. So, um, it's, it's really hard. It's really hard. It's such a hard, like, that's has to be such a stressful, um, trying time. And I just, I think you're incredibly brave for still coming on here and sharing, sharing this. So Carly, if you don't mind telling us and our listeners, was there anything that like alerted you that something was wrong, whether it be this relapse or like in the beginning, um, were there signs and symptoms? Because I think sometimes, and please correct me, but the idea is like, you know, well, like cancer like has a look, but it's really kind of like, I feel chemo has a look and radiation has a look, but like these things that are kind of like multiplying, right. Um, are invisible. Yes, absolutely. Uh, you know, with, with thyroid cancer, I think it is especially, um, because I didn't have any symptoms and my blood work was, has always been normal. So, you know, and I, you know, thyroid cancer is, uh, it progresses very slowly and, uh, which, you know, is, I'm so grateful for, um, and you can have it for years and you wouldn't even know it, which is the scary part. Um, but, uh, I don't, I don't think thyroid cancer necessarily has a, a look to it. I mean, you, people will look at me and be like, you know, you don't have cancer, uh, um, or you look, or you look, but you don't look sick. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. I hate that phrase. Um, yeah. Or they're, they're, or they'll say like, oh, you look so well. I'm like, well, on the inside, I'm like dying. <laughs> um, exactly. But yeah. Um, so it's, it's a whirlwind with trying to 
educate people about uh, how every cancer is different and how it's not always the way it is portrayed, you know, on the media. Um, just because I didn't lose my hair doesn't mean I didn't have cancer. So, um, so yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting for sure. I think you bring up such a great point. And I think that goes back to, um, what I was saying in terms of like chemo, like makes people quote unquote, right? Like look sick. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, if you're not the typical, if you're rare (laughs) and like, you know, you don't like go through, you know, the standard protocol. And like you said, you don't lose your hair or you don't lose a ton of weight or you don't look, you know, some type of way. It's like, now you're kind of kicked out of the cancer community. It's like, oh, cool. Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, thankfully I did not have to go through chemo. Um, I did have radiation, but, um, you know, you wouldn't know it. Um, The only thing that will, I guess, what make people question is uh, the scar across my neck. It's very, very slight. Um, but with this next surgery, it's going to be even bigger. Um, and so it's going to probably go across a good part of my neck. And so people, people will look at me funny. Um, but it's, uh, it's a sign that I survived something really hard um, and, uh, I don't really care what people think about me. <laughs> Good for you. Good for you. Absolutely. And, you know, I do believe that, like, I talked about it in Clubhouse the other day about how, you know, no one gets to judge how you pick up the pieces and put them back together mm-hmm. after something like a chronic illness, cancer, like, disrupts your life like they just don't get to judge that they, they, they don't get to say at the table yeah for sure um it's uh i think you know people uh, cancer affects everybody and um it's really hard when people try to relate uh other people that they know who have had cancer to your story and i get where they're coming from they're trying to have that that level of empathy but at the same time, it's just like, well, no, this is how I'm feeling. This is what my story has been like. And it's it's individual to each person. Yes, 100%. I couldn't agree more. I think, you know, and I, I've learned that a lot through, because my son has a rare disease and his rare disease um, gives him an increased risk of cancer. And before having him, I, you know, I, after having him, I learned a lot about like what w- the things I was doing wrong because I I was in a new situation where like I would experience things that people would say to me where they were trying to be helpful and it didn't help me at all. And I would be mm-hmm. like, I said those things to people and now I understand why they weren't helpful at all. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, I, you know, People, it's, it's, it's really hard because I really do want to cut people slack when they choose to say certain phrases or words to me because they don't know. But at the same time, it's just like, did you really say that to me? <laughs> yeah, it definitely depends on what it is, I think. <laughs> I think yeah. too, though, right? Like there's this um, dynamic of like, you want to show them grace, but the yeah. damage that is done 
for you is still there. And like, cause I feel like you can understand and like be empathetic and everything, but that doesn't mean it didn't hurt or it didn't invalidate or it didn't do the damage for us. If that makes sense. Yeah. 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 One of the things that I tweet a lot about on Twitter is that when a patient has a cancer diagnosis, they don't want to hear, I'm sorry. They want to hear, how can I help you? I'm here to listen without judgment. I like that. That's really good. Well, can't lie. I now know you both don't know. I've never watched this show. Um, But have you seen New Amsterdam, which is based on um, a doctor who wrote 12 patients life and death at uh, Bellevue Hospital? I have not heard of that, but I will probably look into it now. And I swear this has a point. <laughs> Wait, um, isn't but, that a re- it's, I'm pretty sure there's a really the guy that plays that role in New Amsterdam is very cute. He is very okay, cute. Okay, so see now I know. <laughs> see, I should have just said that, I guess. Um <laughs> but no, so if in every problem that is brought to him or everything that is brought to him, he uses the same line. How can I help? Like and he just over and over again uses this line and it actually is like seriously made me like stop and every time, like even talking to Teresa, like when I I don't feel like I have like anything good or whatever, like just that simple, how can I help? Um is a lot probably a lot better than anything else I can come up with. hmm Yeah, I um I posted about my about my relapse on social media. And a lot of people have commented with, um, you know, I'm so sorry. You're very inspirational. Um, Oof, we talk about that a lot. (laughs) Yeah. I very much appreciate that. Don't get me wrong. But sometimes I do not feel like an inspiration. Um, Well, it's because we weren't given a choice, right? I don't know. I feel, you know what I mean? This wasn't a fight that, you know, any of us signed up for. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I was like, well, you know, it's not like I had a choice, like you said. Um, but then there were some people who reached out and they did say, how can I help? And I'm like, you know. <laughs> yeah, ex- exactly. I, I want to, um, just to give our listeners kind of like an inside look, if you don't mind. Um, and if it's too tough to go there, that's totally fine. But could you kind of explain to them what it was like when you first received the news that you had thyroid cancer? What was going through your mind at that point? Because you were so young. Yeah, I was. Um, so I, uh, I was getting an ultrasound for something completely different in my neck. And so, um, when they mentioned cancer, I was like, Oh, I didn't come in for this. (laughs) Um, and so the This is not what I ordered. Can I send it back? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> um, so they did a biopsy on the uh, on the tumor right away and they, they told me right away. And um and I was just like, I don't know if I like blanked, uh or you know, because it wasn't it's not something that anybody expects. And so um I I was just kind of like I was kind of aloof about it, to be honest. I, um, I was like, okay, well, you know, this is now my life. Uh, I went and I told my parents and I was like, you know, I have, I have cancer. 
Um, and uh, what was know, their I, response? That must have been devastating for them as parents. Yeah, um, I think you know they really just they didn't. It was hard for them to express emotions. I think because of of the impacts, but they were so supportive, and they said, well, you know, we're just going to get through this. This is something that we're just going to get through. And so, um, and they have always been that way. Uh, and so I think that's how it was when I, when I was first diagnosed. And then also I was working full time at, at the hospital that I would later be getting surgery at. So I told, I told my nurses, um, what was going on and they were incredibly supportive and, um, I had, because I was in, in school and graduate school, I was an online student. So I had to email my professors and tell them that I'm going to be out for, for cancer surgery. Um, so that was also kind of daunting. Um, and then this time around, um, I just started a new job last week and I had to tell my manager and HR, I relapsed. I'm going to be out. I know I just started, but I'm going to be out for this. And so um, it's it's been really hard. It's been really hard. Yeah, I can't. I can't even imagine. And I, you know, like I said, your your strength is amazing. I guess it's one of those things where you kind of just um, you just have to dig deep. You don't really get, you know you don't really get a choice whether you are going to be strong or not. You just kind of have to be. It's like when your back's against the wall. I think that's the nature of the disease is that half of the battle of it is mental. And I have really tried to have a positive outlook on it. Um, and, you know, my I've decided to make my career path cancer research. I want to make uh outcomes for cancer patients better because of my diagnosis. And that's what I'm doing right now. And so it has been a blessing in some cases, but other times, you know what, I'm just like, this, this really sucks. And uh, it is okay to feel every feeling that I'm having. Yes. One more time for the people in the back. Yeah. <laughs> All of the feels are valid. So I have two questions, I guess. First is I'm a clinical social worker. And so that means I know basically nothing. <laughs> Just kidding. But could you tell me what a health communicator like does first sure. overall? Yeah. So I got my graduate degree in health communication. Um, and you can go on a, um, a bunch of different avenues from that. So uh, what I was doing in my previous role was I was reading protocols for clinical trials, um, and all of that is, you know, scientific jargon, and I'm translating that into information that patients can understand, and that will go onto clinicaltrials.gov, which is patient-facing information, and it's where patients go to find clinical trials. Now I'm kind of on the other side of that, where I'll be recruiting patients for clinical trials based on their eligibility. So those are two different avenues to go to through health communication, but there are so many different things from, you know, com uh, advertising in a, in a healthcare setting um, to, you know, I can't even think of any at the moment. Um, 
But, you know, the the classes that I really uh, gravitated towards in my graduate program were, were healthcare writing, health literacy, um, research. And so I really just kind of took all of those and combined them into what is now, I feel like, is my purpose. Uh, and, you know, to c- enhance all of these in order to create better health, health outcomes for cancer patients, you know, on the oncology space. And so I have gotten the opportunity to share my story so many times um, through blogs and through other podcasts and um, through some well-known, you know, journals. And it's really been great. I think, you know, the point, one of the, one of the, the blessings of having a, a rare disease or even cancer or both in my situation is you get to share your story. And that's so powerful. And some, I think some patients are really scared. And I was scared at first. I didn't know who to tell. Like, should I post this on social media? Like, how are people going to react? And so I found power in that and that people were really able to relate to it. And I, I you know, I'm so appreciative of that opportunity. I think that's awesome. I mean, I, to be honest, when we were working on, you know, the type of questions and things that we were going to ask you, I, I had no idea what a health communicator was. I was like, I've never even, I mean, I kind of assumed once I heard that's what you did, but I, I never knew it was an actual like title or some, something that someone did. And I thought it was the coolest thing. I thought, why, how come uh, there aren't more people that do this? Yeah. Um, so my title right now is I'm the director of medical engagement. So I'm really looking to pharma and to patients and to doctors to really engage them in these clinical trials and to educate them about uh, about what they're going to be going through, what the trials are about, um, if they're eligible, how to you know get enrolled, different things like that. Because clinical trials they're scary, you know, um, you're entering into, uh, you know, a study that is, is testing different drugs and we don't know if they work or not. And so, uh, you know, trying to become educated about them before you enter the study is, is so important. And, the information out there, it's all medical jargon and, you know, it's really hard to understand. And if patients are not, they, if they don't understand what the trial is about, they're not going to enroll. And this is how we get drugs approved. And we, so we need to have that recruitment of these patients. And if we don't, um, it's a ton of money that's wasted and we don't get approved drugs, which is, you know, the whole point. We need to, you know, we need to treat these rare diseases and these cancers. And so um, that's where kind of my role comes in is where we do need to get these patients educated so that they can make the best decision for themselves um, and hopefully get treatment that works. Yeah, I think I think that's amazing. And I think what you're doing is is really important. I think it's rewarding. And I think you know, I think you're going to make a difference with so many different people and probably you won't even realize it probably. Um, but I think what you're doing is really amazing. Thank you very much. So 
2021 is looking like it's going to be a fight. And I hope you know that you have a herd of zebras behind you um, ready to sit down when you want to sit, stand up when you want to stand and, you know, spread awareness. So where are you planning on taking it from here? What's the next step? Well, since I just started my new job, <laughs> probably that. <laughs> Um, and then I have, you know, I have treatment in a couple of months and, uh, I, you know, I, I said to myself when I got this diagnosis, I said, you know, but the second time around, I said, this, this will have a purpose. I just don't know it yet. And Love even that. though I got this again, my, my journey, my goal is still to help other cancer patients. Like I care about myself, but my goal is to still help other cancer patients. And I'm going to do that no matter how many times I relapse. I love that. Um, so Carly, where can people find you to connect with you? I feel like you are bringing so much amazing awareness. I mean, obviously you're always welcome in any space we are in, but where can people find you um, in terms of like, you know, blogs, uh, following your journey, or maybe even, you know, health communicator. Sure. So I'm on Twitter, um, at Carly Flumer. That's just my name. And then, um, I'm also on LinkedIn, um, that contains my entire portfolio of written work and, uh, podcasts and different things like that. Um, and I'm also the thyroid cancer network manager for a nonprofit called patient empowerment network. Um, and I have a separate email for that where can, uh, thyroid cancer patients um, can connect with me and ask me anything about thyroid cancer. So my email is Carly at powerfulpatients.org. Ooh, I like that. I like that powerfulpatients.org. That's nice. As always, peeps, you can find all of these links right down there in your show notes. So make sure you go ahead, give Carly a follow and watch her journey unfold. Carly, thank you so much for sharing your story and your experience with us. Uh, you know, we were not expecting, we had no idea that you were still, you know, going through what you're going through. You know, obviously cancer isn't something that just goes away a hundred percent, but we didn't know it was still something so fresh that, um, you know, you've relapsed. So thank you so much for being brave enough to come on. We think it's amazing that you're using your experience to become a resource for other families who so desperately need it, um, especially when they're going through such a difficult time. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me and letting me share my story. Of course. And to our listeners every week who tune in, thank you for helping us bridge the gap between rare disease and the rest of the world. Until next time, live large and stay rare. Catch us next week for another episode. To continue the conversation about rare disease and all the unknowns that comes with it, join our Facebook group. Want even more rare? Become a VRP member on Patreon and learn more about our stories or how to share yours by visiting bwspod.com.